Jesus Just try to put me in some kind of closet Sooner or later he'll knock down the doors You can slander my name if you want it got a halfway there. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's good to see you guys here. We're going to get started here. So if everyone wants to make it back into the, the worship center, bring in your coffee and come on in here. That would be awesome. We're glad to see you guys here this morning. Did you have a good week? Two people had a good week. Yay. A couple more. Well, we're glad to see you guys here. We're glad with the uh, wet snow. Hi, buddy. You ready to worship with me this morning? You bring your guitar? Awesome. We got a worshiper up here. Well, we're glad you guys are here this morning. We're excited to see everybody coming in and um, friendly faces coming in. So um, we have a few announcements this morning, but I'm going to ask Pastor Kelly to come up and she's going to share a couple things with us and then we'll continue. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you're all doing well today. I want to introduce a very special guest that has been with us this weekend. Her name is Darla Sivarite. And Darla, I'm just going to invite you to stand back there in the corner there. She has been here this weekend. She is on the management team for Next Step Church Services. So she's the one that's responsible for bringing Ben and I here. So if you want to talk to her about that after the service, she's going to be around. But she's flown here from Phoenix to help guide us through the assessment process. And it has just been a wonderful weekend. And we are so glad that Darla could be here this weekend with us and especially to worship with us um, this Sunday morning. So let's just welcome her with another round of applause. Wonderful. It has been a good weekend. A couple things we want to make sure you guys are aware of. Um, along with Darla, there is um, a survey this morning called the Church Health Survey. It's new. It's outside um, by the Welcome Center, by the garage door. If you guys want to grab one of those and fill those out, it's real short, real easy. But we want as many people participating as we can get. So those are out there. I think they're kind of blue. Are they kind of a bluish color? So that you can find them a little bit easier, but they're sitting out there on the ledge. If you guys would grab one and fill one out before you go or by next weekend, is that too late? That's good. By next weekend, then that will work. That's perfect. Did somebody say my name? Okay, here we go.
sure can. Okay, so kids can go to Miss Tracy's now if they'd like to do that. And that's through that door and down the hallway. You can follow Miss Sharon, and she will help you with that, all right? So any kids can go down there up to fifth grade, okay? And then what we wanted to make sure you guys know about is um, this Wednesday night is at 6.30 is prayer night. And we really want as many people there as we can get. We had a wonderful time this last week. Looking forward to seeing more and more people join us. Even if it's once a month, come. We want you to be there. Um, Along with that, how many people have been participating in the pause to pray every day? We send out an email at the beginning of the week. It gives you three things to pray for. And we're setting our phones for 11.55 a.m. every day just to pause for five minutes and pray over those three things. It's our church praying together at the same time across Woodland Park. How awesome is that? So we want to encourage you guys to do that as well. And then movie night is going to be on March 25th. It's Friday Yeah, who's excited about it? I'm excited. It's awesome. And we are going to have the secrets to Jonathan Sperry. How many people remember Captain Steubing from the love boat? Yes? I dated myself. I don't care. I loved Captain Steubing. He was awesome. So he's in it. He stars in it. It's a great, great movie. Great fellowship. We're going to have food for you. And there's concessions. So we're encouraging you all to come. We're excited to get together and be with you. So... What we're going to do now is we're going to welcome Jesus in. Would you guys stand with me? Let's pray and welcome him in, and then we will, we will worship together. Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you for being here this morning. We love you, Lord. This is a perfect time for us all to come together and to just stand in your throne room and worship you. You are worth it all. And Lord, I thank you for being with us through the week. And Lord, if we're carrying any of that stuff from the week, could you just help us to check it in? at the week rack, so we can just keep it all there, and we can just enjoy your presence, and to step into it, Jesus, and to show you how much we love you. Father, we ask your spirit to come here. Invade us. We want you to be in this place this morning, and take over this whole service, Lord Jesus, because it's for you. This is about you. So come in, invade us, Lord, and we thank you for being here. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. We have a new song this morning. I'm going to teach you the chorus real quick, and then we're going to sing it together. It's, it's a super happy song, so we're going to love it. But the chorus goes like this. It goes, there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Okay, and that's how that part goes. And then there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Will you sing that with me? There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. That's easy, right? Now you know the chorus. See, you're already learning it. Here we go.
Yeah, we're not going to be quiet. Would you guys turn and welcome each other and say good morning?
treasures to pay are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's
God is still doing stuff. He's doing so much. That verse 3, I'm going to read it to you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. Do you get afraid to show weakness sometimes? I do. I get, I'm, I'm afraid about that sometimes. My failures and, flaw, and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all. And you still call me friend. How awesome is that? Oh, we have a loving God, a wonderful Father. Oh, let's continue to worship him. the Nazo 
we're going to receive our offering. If I could have the ushers come forward this morning. Actually, I don't see the offering plates out here, so maybe if somebody could grab those, that would be wonderful. We've got a little worshiper down here in front. I don't know if you guys in the back can see them, but those up here up front can see them. And it just lifts your worship up even more. I'm getting some lighted shoes. I'm telling you that right now. I'm getting some shoes with lights on them because that's awesome. Did anybody grab the offering plates? Does anybody have them? Uh, they're, they're getting them. Okay, thank you. Just making sure we've got those. And we will receive our offering, but that gives you extra time. And we have the lights up for you a little bit more. Boy, there was some scripture I wanted to share with you guys. I'm going to do it right now. This is a perfect time. So it says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 days, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey him and his commands. It's kind of felt like that season a little bit here, don't you think? But listen to this. He did it to teach you that the people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That is something we can always count on, is that we can live by his word. We can trust it. It's truth, and it never fails, and he never breaks a promise. Isn't that comforting to know? All right. Well, let me pray over our offering, and then we'll continue our worship time. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving to us. Thank you for lighting a path for us and for loving us and providing for us. And Lord, I pray that we will give from our hearts, Jesus, and that you will bless it. And we thank you so much for the way that you will be using this to reach your people and to reach the lost for you. In Jesus' name, amen. The table is set for me. 
Lord. 
for being here this morning, Jesus. Thank you for loving us the way that you do, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this room and in our hearts. And Father, I pray that you will just come down even more. Come in and fill this room with your presence. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And Lord, we want you to just anoint Pastor Ben and Pastor Kelly as they bring us your word. Guard these doors, Lord. Guard this room and let your word go out and be powerful. We love you and we need you here. And Lord, I pray that we will continue to worship you through this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Love. Woo. The preacher is hot today. Love, love, love the opportunity to come together to worship with my church family. And uh, back home, sharing the... Yeah. 35 and a half years, you learn each other's story, you share life, and that makes the uh, worship together even sweeter. And the prayer together. And the serving together, and everything that we do together, sweeter. So, good to be a part of your church family these days for this season. Just a few things before I uh, preach this morning. Just want to say thank you again for all the ways you've provided for us and welcomed uh, Kelly and I into uh, this church and our ministry together as we begin here. Uh, your board has been phenomenal. Jerry and Jane and Cliff and Tim, they have worked like gangbusters and have been such a help to us. Your staff is a joy. Had our first staff meeting this past Wednesday. Uh, Lori and Scott and Tracy, uh, we're looking forward to partnering with them in ministry in the days to come. I think we kept uh, Jim Rumsey pretty busy this week. I think I saw him every day. Uh, between snow and a few plumbing problems at the Parsonage, really appreciate Jim. We enjoyed uh, Nancy's chili. Mm-mm. Kelly got her recipe. We'll be having more of that. And I'm still looking for the person that left us coffee cake. It was there when we got here, right? Mm. I think I've eaten all of that. Kelly hadn't had a bite, hardly. Thanks to those that are getting us acclimated here. Um, somebody uh, introduced me to a new term. I understand I'm a flatlander. I think the person that let me know that thinks they might make me into a mountain man by the time the nine months is done. I'm not sure about that. Appreciate Kathy Meyer, who let us know that spring comes in the summer around here. Can't say I was real encouraged by that. Oh, well. You've got some great teenagers. I came to youth group Sunday night and played one ball with them. Uh, guys, let's play regular dodgeball next week. I don't think I might be better at that. Got to come to a couple men's groups, and uh, just uh, really great to get to know you. And uh, let me add my thanks for those that participated in this important assessment weekend. Uh, it was a joy to interview about 25 of you yesterday and get to know you a little bit better. And it's just good every once in a while for all of us, personally and collectively, to just take stock, to uh, stop and let uh, God search our hearts 
and uh, take a look at what we're doing. And we're um, just looking forward to what God does with all of this in the days ahead. We should get a report back from this assessment weekend in about four to six weeks, and we'll look at that together and uh, plan forward. So there's that. Is there a doctor in the house? Have you ever had anybody say that? I know in this church there are several. I'm going to try my clicker here. Let's see if it works. We have a new one. Kelly successfully defended her dissertation Thursday. So congratulations to her. I'm proud of her. I'll tell you what, that's about 15 to 1,800 hours of work on top of being a full-time pastor and a husband to me, a husband to me, a wife to me. Anyway, I got her that nameplate for Christmas in anticipation of her successful completion of a doctor of ministry program, so I thought I'd show you that, but very proud of her. Uh, she did that via Zoom with, uh, I don't know, about a dozen people from across the country, three different time zones, and it was the day of the snowstorm here. And at breakfast, she said, now what happens if the power goes out? And I, she's a little bit of a worrier. Don't tell her I told you that. And I said, oh yeah, let's worry about that too. Doggone if the power didn't go out. 30 minutes into it, but a few minutes later it came back on, so she's good to go, I think. Last week I used a Max Lucado uh, quote, and here it is, in describing the promises of God, and that has really stayed with me and encouraged me. He describes those promises as pine trees in the Rocky Mountains of Scripture, abundant, unbending, and perennial. And I read that before we landed here in Woodland Park, and I'll tell you what, every day, morning and afternoon, we go for a walk in the neighborhood, and we're surrounded by reminders of the promises of God. And I just have to believe that perhaps God landed Kelly and I in this particular place, at this particular stage of our life, to encourage us. And I'm thinking maybe we could celebrate a different promise of God each Sunday for the time that uh, we're here with you. And there's plenty of them in the Scripture. Here's one that uh, encouraged me this past week, and perhaps it will encourage you this morning. Jesus promised to build his church. He said, I will build my church. Not I might. <laughs> I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Praise be to his name. I'll tell you what I want you to do. Here's a little picture of Kelly and I preaching back uh, in Gaithersburg. We may preach that message one of these days together. Uh, I want you to think about a promise of God that has encouraged you or is encouraging you these days, and I want you to send it to Kelly or I. There are our email addresses. Maybe jot those down or plug them into your phones or whatever. Um, and uh, let's celebrate the promises of God over these next few months that we share the journey together. Keep that up there for another minute or so. Uh, Kelly and I are here, as I said last week, to provide pastoral care and leadership and come alongside you for a season to help and encourage you as you all continue to grow in grace and discern God's uh, direction for this church family in the days ahead. Uh, we've been praying for you. We ask that you pray for us. Several have said that they are. Uh, we're all on the same team playing for the same coach, and we have one opponent ultimately. That's the enemy of our souls, who roams here and there seeking whom he may devour, divide, distract, discourage, 
and I don't want anything of that. Amen? So let's stick together, pray for each other, and trust God for good days ahead. Okay, one more thing. I know you want to see a picture or two of our granddaughter. I know. So here's uh, Emmy. Um, love that. There's a little knitted cap that Kelly, Grandma Kelly, made for. And I think this picture was taken after her first board meeting in that church that our kids pastor, I think. And then there she is on the front row of the Calvary Brookville Church of the Nazarene, where mm, about an hour or so ago, our youngest daughter preached today, and uh, we're proud of little Emmy and our kids. Last week's message was all about hope from uh, Romans 4.18, against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. We have a certain hope because it's grounded in the promises of God. Not in our circumstances, not in how we might be feeling in the moment, not in ourselves, but in the promises of God, in the power of God, in the saving, sanctifying work of God, in the relationship that we can have uh, with God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's in God Himself. In this Lenten season, it would be good to remind ourselves that Jesus is our hope. Amen? Jesus is our hope. All the promises of God are yes in him, the Apostle Paul says. Near the end of that message, I noted two things that have always characterized genuine Christian faith, optimism and perseverance. We've had plenty of opportunity to persevere in the last two years, amen? And thanks be to God for those of you that have persevered. Here you are. I'm praying that we retain or perhaps regain an optimism in our faith. We can and need to be realistic. Uh, we don't stick our heads in the sand or walk along whistling in the dark, pretending like there's nothing wrong in the world. And we also don't lose heart. Amen? We live by faith, and hope is the fruit of that faith. Not feeling very hopeful? Fix your eyes not on what is seen, but what are what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Open the scriptures. Stand on those promises. Worship the Lord your God. Seek his faith. Pray for a strong faith these days. Amen? Let's do it. Have all the reason in the world to be hopeful. On to today's message. Another one-word title, called. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, I'll begin at uh, verse 1. By the way, good to have Dr. Virgil Askren over there, your district superintendent, and our neighbor, we're really grateful for that and appreciate the warm welcome they've given to us, Virgil and Judy. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. 
Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. That was all I planned to read, but I think I'm going to read some more. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be, a past, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That is the word of the Lord. A lot of good preaching in that material again this week, and I'll come back to that passage uh, perhaps several times in the next few months. But today I'd like to focus on that matter of calling. I think in the context of Christian faith and of the church, my guess would be that when you hear the word called, you may think first of all of pastors and missionaries. Kelly's got a great testimony about her call to ministry, and I thought we'd take a quick time out and let her share that. So come on up, in honor of her being a doctor now and all. She's impossible to live with. <laughs> Just kidding. My call to ministry, I think, began with um, a surrender on my part. I was in high school, and I was at a camp, and the speaker was up front. And the speaker gave us all a blank piece of paper. And the speaker said, I want you to pray about a decision And he said, I want you to sign your name at the bottom of that blank sheet of paper and allow God to fill that in. And signing that blank sheet of paper was my um, saying, God, I'm giving my life to you. You are going to fill in my life. I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to let you do that. And I was really scared to sign that paper. Because I just knew if I signed that paper, God was going to call me to do something really scary, like be a missionary or something. I hadn't experienced a lot of women pastors at that time in my life. I just really didn't know any of them. Um, so I really didn't think pastoring was was a part of that call or, or anything. But um, as I got older and I went to college and um, I majored in philosophy, which I didn't know what quite I was going to do with that. Um, 
but I really enjoyed it. So that's what I, why I chose that major. Um, and the Lord just kept um, laying on my heart a burden, um, kept putting on my heart that he had something unique, something special that he wanted me to do for him. And I just kept thinking, Lord, not me. I, I can't do that. I can't get up in front of people and talk. I can't. I just did not feel adequate to do what I thought that God might be calling me to do. So I ignored it. Um, I just kind of went on with my life. I majored in philosophy in college, went, you know, graduated from college, went to work for a dentist because that's what all philosophy majors do. Um, but God wouldn't give up. God wouldn't let me go. God just kept just gently reminding me that he had something special. He had a call on my life. And I had some Christians that I was working with. Um, the, the dentist that I was working with, though, was not a Christian. But I talked to him about the Lord, and I let him know that I prayed for his business, and I prayed for his family, and he, he appreciated that. Um, but these friends of mine were praying that God would really make it clear to me um, that he, what he wanted me to do. Um, and so we had been praying, and, and I went to bed that night, and I said, Lord, I have got to know for sure. I'm scared to death to, to answer this call. I'm scared to move away from home and go to seminary. That just scared me. But I just said, Lord, you know, I, if, if you can make it clear to me that you want me to go into ministry, I will do it. And I went to work that next day, and the dentist that I worked for, who was not a Christian, he was back working on patients, and I was at my front desk working on my typewriter, um, mm. doing bills on my typewriter. And the, the dentist walked up, left his patients in the chair, walked up to my desk, plopped down on the desk, on the desk beside me there and said, Kelly, I think God has something else planned for you rather than being a dental assistant all your life. Have you ever thought of becoming a missionary? <laughs> he got up and walked back to his patients. And I just, I just sat there with my mouth open. I could not believe what he had just said. He had no idea what I was thinking, what I was praying. Um, and I said, thank you, Lord. And I quickly called my friends that were praying for me, and I said, God made it clear. I need to quit this job, and I need to go to seminary. And God just continued to be faithful to refine my call, to help me to do what he was calling me to do. Um, he was so faithful to do that. And I am so thankful that I said yes to God. I'm so thankful that I signed the paper and he and allowed him to fill it in because he has filled it in so much more beautifully than I could have done that. Yeah, very good. <clears throat> and, of course, that call took her to Nazarene Theological Seminary where we met and uh, we have been missionaries to the Washington, D.C. area for 35 and a half years, when you think about it. Thank God for Dr. Kelly Spittler and Dr. Virgil Askren and Dr. Jim Christie and Pastor Larry King and Pastor Tim Stearman and Mike McNally, chaplain at Oral Roberts University Hospital, I've found out, and perhaps others here. Thank God for pastors and missionaries. But here's the deal. We are all 
called. Not in some sense. No, for real. We are all called. The Ephesian letter wasn't written to some clergy group in Ephesus. It was written to the church, to plumbers and teachers and CPAs and moms and dads and high school students. The apostle urges them and us to live a life worthy of the calling we have received. What calling? The Lord willing, for the next three Sundays, I want to take up three great calls. The call to God, the call together, and the call to go. Next three Sundays. But this matter of being called is all over the New Testament. Go back to that Roman letter that I preached from last week. Paul opens that uh, uh, Roman letter, addresses that letter to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Maybe you're thinking, I ain't no saint. Oh, yes, you are. If you've decided to follow Jesus, you are absolutely a saint. It's another way of saying we're called to be holy, set apart. The Apostle Peter reminds us of the great call to be holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. We are called into fellowship with God's Son. We're called to live in peace. We're called to be free. We're called out of darkness into God's wonderful light. We're called to repay evil or insult with blessing. And in this passage we've heard this morning, we're called to hope. One hope, by the way, that we all share. And that's all Scripture. And I haven't exhausted the list of places that tell us we, you and I, every one of us, are called. In the Greek, kaleo, to call, to call aloud, to invite, to call by name, to give a name to, to receive the name of, to bear a name or title. A generation or two ago, young men may have been called up up to serve in one of the armed forces. We call it the draft. I'm guessing each of them would say, there are some veterans here in the service this morning, it was an honor to serve. Friends, you and I have been called up. Who calls us to holiness, to freedom, to hope? to serve. God does. I'm not talking about what the pastor might ask you to do or the district superintendent or a board member or a parent. You'll be asked to do some things in the days ahead. But God calls. The one who spoke the world into being speaks to us. God calls. Dr. Kent Hill, a friend of mine and a member of our church back in Gaithersburg years ago, was president of Eastern Nazarene College. That's our Nazarene institution of higher education in the eastern region. And uh, after he resigned at Eastern Nazarene College, he got a call from George W. Bush asking him to be a presidential appointee at USAID. And he served there for President Bush's two terms. We have another guy in our church back in Gaithersburg. His name is Tom. He uh, ran before his retirement a car parts business for Model A's. And one of his uh, clients, one of his customers was Andy Griffith. Anybody remember Andy Griffith? If you remember typewriters, you remember Andy Griffith. 
And every once in a while, he would pick up the phone in his shop, and it would be Andy on the other end of the line putting in an order. It's something to get a call from a U.S. president or a star. But I'm talking about a call from our Father in heaven, the guide of history, redeemer of mankind, lover of my soul, our rock and our salvation, the one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Think of it. God calls. Beyond the particular things that God calls us to, to serve, to be holy, to be free, it seems to me uh, there are some things that come with a calling. I can think of five. I want to share those with you. First of all, God's call means we have a purpose. I talk to folks about their job, ask them if they enjoy their job, and once in a while I get this kind of answer. Well, it pays the bills. You may or may not love your job, but if you're a follower of Christ, that job or students, that class you're in or uh, that game you play and everything you do in life really has a purpose, ultimately to bring glory to God. Amen? Whatever you do in word or deed, do all for the glory of God. The way you work, the way you treat the people you work with, the attitude you have when you play that game, all of that can point others to Jesus, can lend evidence that perhaps God is and that he loves this world. We have a reason to get up in the morning. Our life has a purpose. Secondly, when we are called, what we do and how we live is significant. There's significance. Whether your contribution to the world seems small or large, up front or behind the scenes, worship leader or sound guy, noticed or unnoticed, what you do is important when you're living in response to God's call. You're partnering with God to help save this world. Think of that. And important, not just in the moment, but what we do has a ripple effect through the years and across the generations. Now, back home. I'm going to stop talking about back home maybe a few weeks into this. Um, Back home, we have a friend named Nehemiah Iglesias. He may watch this service one of these days. Uh, if he does, hey, Nehemiah, love you, buddy. Uh, he was our drummer on our worship team. His wife was one of our three uh, rotating worship leaders. They have two boys that we love to death. Their pictures are on our refrigerator here in the Parsonage, uh, Gabriel and Daniel. Gabriel's in middle school and was just baptized a few weeks ago back at our previous church. And it was an opportunity for Nehemiah to reflect on just how his sons had gotten to a place where they made a decision to follow Jesus. And he said it began back in the 50s. He sent me this email. Started with a guy named T.L. Osborne from Oklahoma. He went on a mission trip to Guatemala in the 50s. On that trip, he encountered a young lady by the name of Carmen Fuentes. She responded to a presentation of the gospel and decided to follow Jesus as well. 
she returned to her native El Salvador and began to plant churches and hold revivals. At one of those revivals, Nehemiah's maternal grandmother, Isabel, gave her heart and life to Christ at the invitation of Carmen. Isabel at the time was a single mom who had been raised by alcoholic parents. She became a Christian. In the 70s, that maternal grandmother presented the gospel to the man that would become Nehemiah's dad, who himself was uh, using and selling drugs in D.C. in the 70s. He decided to follow Jesus and became a Christian. When he had Nehemiah and Nehemiah's sister, he raised them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And Nehemiah came to a saving faith in Christ. And when he had kids, Daniel and Gabriel, he gave them the opportunity to receive Christ, and they did. The ripple effect. Seventy years and four generations ago, one man's faithfulness to go on mission to respond to God's call had an effect years and years later. That's beautiful. Being called by God lets us know something of our worth in his sight. What an honor to be called. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had planned for us in advance to do. You're valued, not because so much of what you can do or your productivity, valued for who you are, valued enough not to be left dead in your transgressions and sins, valued enough for Christ to offer his life on the cross for you, valued enough to be invited to partner with God, valued enough to participate in the divine nature, as Peter would say, worthy by God's grace of being called. We may have all had the experience as kids of uh, picking up teams for a game. Mm, What a humbling experience that can be. Two captains and they pick and it uh, doesn't do much for your self-worth when you're the last one picked or when the captains argue about who's going to have to have you on their team. I had experience like that recently. Actually, we have open uh, uh, gym basketball back at our previous church, a bunch of young guys, uh, high school, some varsity basketball players that come and play, young adult guys, and, and once in a while I'd show up. I'd have them by 40 years or so, and uh, I never got picked first. I wouldn't pick me either, I don't think. But God picks us. We're first-round draft choices in God's kingdom. That's an awesome thing. He values you. Your picture is on his refrigerator. If he has a refrigerator, I'm sure it's there. There's an urgency in our calling. I believe God wants us to enjoy life, have fun. Um, Jesus did, I think. Thus, the accusation of being a glutton and a drunkard. He went to some weddings and dinner parties. But he didn't do that to the neglect of what the Father had sent him to do. What's more, those weddings and dinner parties for Jesus were opportunities to connect with people and love them and speak into their lives. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life a ransom for many. He came to seek and to save what was lost. And what Jesus came to do, God now calls us to go and do. We must go and do the same. And friends, life is short. I can't believe I'm 62. Where did the years go? Life is short. And we cannot fritter life away 40 hours a week in front of a screen being entertained like the average American. We can't afford to be average at that point. We've each got to sort all that out for ourselves, and I trust the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures and godly conversations to help you do that, but there are needs to be met out there, friends. There are opportunities to be taken advantage of. We need to serve, and we need to work. We need to respond to God's call until Jesus comes. Amen? There should be an urgency in seeking first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. If the global pandemic hasn't reminded us of that urgency, I don't know what will. It's often difficult times and tragedies in life that do. I remember the days following 9-11. It gives you a little different perspective, but it doesn't seem to stick. I read an article about this uh, Nazarene pastor. Guess where he pastors? Kiev, Ukraine. And these days, he's uh, recognizing more of the urgency uh, of the call of God in our lives to uh, meet needs, to share the gospel, to uh, reach out into the community, to be Christ's hands and feet. Pastor Andy, I'll call him because if I try to pronounce that name, I will crucify it, I know. Good reminder to pray for our uh, churches and pastors and brothers and sisters in that hurting area of the world these days. There's an urgency in our call. And finally, a calling calls for commitment. I don't know about my colleagues that I named earlier, Jim and Virgil and Larry and Tim, Kelly, Scott, Lori, Tracy. Uh, There were days in my 35 years as a local church pastor when it was God's call on my life that kept me going when I would just as soon uh, found something else to do. God's call requires commitment. Back uh, in Maryland, I worked with some young men at risk in a uh, firewood business. Uh, One year, about six years ago, uh, the connections I had through basketball with a few of these guys, uh, three of us, um, I knew I had a pickup truck and some free wood and access to a splitter, so we split some wood and sold 12 truckloads, gave the guys a little work experience and some cash, and we built a relationship in that way. We added a guy next year and sold about 30 truckloads of firewood. And the next year, we added some other young guys and some men that helped supervise, and we sold about 50 or 60 truckloads of firewood, and it just took off. We advertised it got to a place where we formed a a nonprofit called Making Men Ministries and had a great customer base and and all the rest. And just about every Saturday, we worked every Saturday, I would uh, begin with uh, this speech. I said, guys, uh, this is a business. We're going to enjoy each other. 
have a great relationship, have some fun, make some money, but this is a business. We have customers. We've got some deliveries scheduled today. They're counting on us, and we need commitment from you, and that begins with just showing up. That didn't always happen for them. They had to learn that. A calling requires commitment. There's an urgency in it. There's some worth in that, some significance and purpose, all that come with a calling. Today's a reminder, you and I are called. And all of those called passages, all those things that God himself calls us to play out in everyday ways in our personal lives. It's a 24-7 call. And in collective ways as well. It's an awesome thing to be called. Actually, I'm getting a call right now. Oh, hold on. Got to take this. It's, it, it's God calling. Hello? Yeah, this, this is he. Willing to... Yeah, Absolutely. Yes, I will. Yep, thank you. Will you? Will you? I recognized a long time ago that uh, preaching is a ministry of reminder. I don't know that I've said anything today that you haven't heard before. Maybe didn't know. But we need those reminders. God is called. It may be this morning that someone is here and God is calling you to be a pastor or a missionary. You're thinking, oh, not me. Hope Kelly's testimony was encouraging. If that's you, uh, Kelly or I or Dr. Askren or Larry or Jim or Tim or Lori or Tracy or Scott, any of us would love to talk to you and be a help and encouragement to you. That may very well be happening right now in somebody's heart and life. Talk to one of us after the service today. We'd love to pray with you. But the reality is today, all of us are called. God is calling you. Are you willing to say yes? Will you continue to say yes? Will you begin to say yes? As a church, and I include Kelly and myself in this, we are at a crossroads. We're in a season of self-examination and prayer and looking forward. I absolutely believe God is still calling. The instructions of the New Testament are our marching orders. He calls us to serve one another in love. He calls us to employ those spiritual gifts that he's given to each and every one of us for the good of the body. He calls us to love our neighbor. We're called to that. What do you say? Father, here we are. 
trusting that your Holy Spirit is here and speaking and guiding and leading. Better pick that up. It might be God. Father, give us the uh, trust in you we need to say yes to what you're calling us to. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The worship team's going to come back and close with another beautiful song. Anybody with a raised hand this morning, that would be a bold thing, that would just say, Pastor, I needed to hear that message today. I believe God's going to do something with that in my life. You want to just do that with me? I'm as much a hearer today as I am a speaker. Very good. That's encouraging. Thanks so much for listening, for being here. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something
I could be safe here in your arms and never leave home. Never let these walls down. And you have called me higher. You have called me deeper. And I'll go where you will leave me, Lord. You have called me higher. You have called me deeper. And I'll go where you will leave me, Lord. Will you lead me? I will be yours, I will be yours for all my life. And I will be yours, I will be yours for all my life, so let your mercy, oh. I will be yours, I will be yours for all my life, so let your mercy. Light the path before me, and I will be yours. I will be yours to love Light your path before me, and you have called me higher. You have called me deeper, and I'll go where you will. you have a call on all of our lives and father i pray that we will be we will have courage to answer it like pastor kelly it's scary sometimes father we don't know the unknown and i am super grateful jesus that you're there with us through it all so lord help us to take that step forward help us to answer the call that you have on our lives and jesus i pray that we will step into it boldly and with confidence in you because you're the one that's going to make it happen, not anything that we do in our own flesh except to obey you. So, Lord, we love you. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for your spirit moving, Lord. Go with us through this week. And I pray, Father, that we will step into what it is that you have called us to do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Just want to remind you guys to take that that survey um, that we remind you of the front of the church, it's out there. You can see Jane Keen for it. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Precious Lord.
Lord, linger near when my life. 